from San Diego, California. This is one extraordinary marriage show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about how couples navigate spending money at Christmas. There's a quote about this from Harlan Miller that says, probably the reason we all go so haywire at Christmas with the endless, unrestrained, and often silly buying of gifts is that we don't know how to put our love into words. Hmm. Just a little something to think about. Yeah. A little something to think about as we start today's episode. But we start every episode with a hug. And a hug is really, it's an opportunity for us to, to celebrate you, to celebrate your marriage, to celebrate the effort that the two of you are, are bringing into your relationship. And this hug comes from a post that was in the One Family private Facebook group that said, today, my husband and I had an argument slash disagreement via text while I was at work during my lunch break. I got busy doing my stuff and didn't respond after his last few texts. The coach in me, just as a side note, is like, "Uh uh-oh, no response. Somebody's going to get a little triggered there. She goes on to say, after work, we had an event to be at. We met up there after work and had a few minutes to talk more about things and went on with our night. I was driving home from the event we were at, and a song came on the radio that made me remember why I love him. Hmm. I was reminded of the connection we had around this band song when we first met, And it encouraged me to continue to work and fight for our marriage. Our issue is not completely resolved, but I love him and want to keep fighting for us. Mm. It's amazing. And this episode has nothing to do with music or songs. And yet it's amazing how a song can take us back to those moments, which I personally, as you know, love dearly. I need to get my Apple Music back working because I'm, I'm missing Literally, all my Literally, as songs. of this recording, there was a glitch, credit card that was stolen, yada, yada, yada. And Tony, is, and Tony and Abby are both without their music as yes. of this recording, and it's causing short circuits throughout our house. <laughs> because music, to me, it, it, it does exactly what this wife has shared here. And it brings me back to those places, even when I can be frustrated with Elisa and listen to a song that we heard that first summer we met in 94, and it takes me back to those moments in time and go, I love this woman. Oh, so so completely unrelated to the entire episode. What song do you listen to when I've completely like made you crazy? It's, you know what, Uh, it's, it's Counting Crows. Okay. It's usually Anna Begins. Mm -hmm. It, it's something in in that genre, and it's usually that counting that Counting Crows album. There's something yeah. about that album, um, from top to bottom, that reminds me of the summer we met. Just curious. Yeah. I didn't, it's Anna. I, Anna, have, Anna, a, Anna I have an Begin. album, you guys. I have an album. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It may mean that he needs that much time to actually work through our issues when he's. I'm feeling a little. I'm being a little it, it feisty. Might, it might mean. Uh, well, as of this episode being recorded, Thanksgiving is over, yep. and we are full steam ahead into the Christmas season. Woo-hoo. And I know, I know, I know some of you are like, yeah, but at least you know what? Those Christmas displays have been up since August, and some of us have already put up our tree because some of you prefer to do that the day after Halloween, and maybe some of you even already have your Christmas shopping done, to which I say, congratulations. Good for you. This episode is for the rest of us. 
who are not there yet, uh, because I, I started doing a little research in preparation for this episode and um, was curious about people's Christmas shopping habits. Like, okay. what does that look like? And yeah. so the site bankrate.com went, uh, shared with me and with everybody that chat checks out their article, that while a small percentage of folks do start shopping in the months of August, September, and October, Black Friday, no surprise, really does kick off the holiday shopping spending as everything cruises into December. The highest percentage of shoppers, 37%, start shopping for Christmas at the end of November. Start. Okay. So this is, we're like, as of this recording, we are like right in the throes of Full Hol on. Holiday shopping. Holiday shopping. And you know, it can be super easy with, you know, I mean, there's an ad like, uh, and this is not actually research. This is just my own anecdotal observation. There's an ad on social media like every other, you know, item in your feed. Mm -hmm. Do this, buy this, um, shop here, sale here, all of this different kinds of stuff. You, you can go to the displays now or go to the stores and you've got displays everywhere. Everything is saying, spend your money, spend your money, spend your money, spend your money, spend your money. Maybe it's just where I shop. Maybe it's just what I look at. But it's a little bit heavy mm -hmm. in terms of all of that. And it's super easy as an individual, as a couple, to really get caught up in all of the shopping, all of the you know compulsions to spend, and literally see your money flying out the window. And, you know, interestingly enough, Christmas does show up every year. So it doesn't need to catch us by surprise, but it's really digging into like, what are these patterns of behavior? What does this look like? How do the two of you navigate spending money at Christmas? Yeah. And this is part of our book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy. One of the pillars is your financial intimacy pillar. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about finances throughout the year in different ways, in different forms. For some of you, it's, hey, you know what, we're setting up a monthly cash flow plan and we're looking at it every month to know where our money is going. For some of you, it is a conversation during the holidays for Christmas shopping to go, what are we charging? Or, or not charging, but what are we spending? You may be charging. You it. may be charging. And going, okay, well, what does that look like for us? Mm -hmm. And so in the bigger scheme of things, as we look at, Yes, spending money at Christmas time. Financial intimacy is one of your six pillars of intimacy. And you have to strengthen it. No matter where you are, no matter what's happening, no matter what season's going on, between Thanksgiving, just for everybody who doesn't know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we go Thanksgiving, birthday, birthday, Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so you better believe that we have to have some sort of plan in place because with two birthdays in the middle of those two holidays, it can put a strain on us. And then you go six months later and you take my birthday at the beginning of June and then Elisa's birthday three weeks later. And so it's pretty interesting for us in our, in our home what that can look like uh -huh. when we are spending money. Well, and this year we've got the added wrinkle of two milestone birthdays between Thanksgiving and Christmas. One turns 18 and one turns 21. Yep. Ta-da! All the things you don't think about when you're just having babies. But, yep. uh, you know, it, it is interesting to even think about the kids growing up because how we have navigated spending money at Christmas has really changed over the years. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done it all. We've done, well, I won't say we. <laughs> I'm going to pull this all back on me because this is not about... Tony making mistakes right now. This is about Elisa. Um, 
having been the primary Christmas shopper for the majority of our marriage, there have definitely been years when I have way overspent. Um, There are early podcast episodes that deal with that. Um, There have been seasons in our life where, especially when our kids were little, we're like, you know what, three gifts and that's it. And, And we stuck to that and that was really great. There have been Christmases where, you know, at the 11th hour, we're trying to find the most incredible Santa gift. I mean, one year, our son decided that he was going to ask Santa for water guns. And I just want to say you would think finding water guns in San Diego in December would not be an issue. It was hard. It really was. <laughs> Thank God for Amazon. Um, we have done late night. Well, I've done late night runs to Target for the magic Lego set that we had to have that year. Job of the Hut and the Sail Barge. Yeah, but we also went to Toys R Us that year too. We did both those? Uh-huh. We you sure it was to- the same year? Uh, I thought it was the same year. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. We have we have navigated, you know, making a transition from gifts to experiences. And we've had Christmases that were really lean. We've had Christmases that were, for us, a little more over the top. I mean, it's gone every which way you could possibly imagine in 27 years of marriage. There mm-hmm. have been Christmases that Elisa still talks about today when I got her gifts that there was a theme around it. And, um, sure. I actually hadn't thought about that until you just said, <laughs> Elisa still talks about, it. and let's go back to the Christmas of 1998. Not that I'm scarred or anything. Um, 98, 98. It was a, it was a great Christmas. And I, you know what? Back in 98, <laughs> I don't even know if we really even determined that we needed a Christmas spending plan or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, two years married, we mm-hmm. were just sort of like, Hey, we have some money. Let's go spend it. Right. Um, which also caused many issues because in that time frame from the time we got married to right before Alex was born, um, we got ourselves out of $50,000 in debt. And that's because we weren't spending attention to what we were buying. Did we have- Well, that's where the debt came from. Getting out of debt was, was spending attention. Right. Was, pay, was paying, attention. paying attention. But you know, that Christmas in particular, it was all about hiking. So I did buy Elisa a, a cool little like day hiker fanny pack. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. the fanny pack. Ooh. The fanny pack was really and cool. Like, it was a you know, nice, the perfect green. It was. It was a really good outdoory green. I don't uh-huh. know what you call that green. Um, probably I, forest. Probably forest. I bought you those nice Gore-Tex boots that weigh about ten pounds each. Yes, yep, uh-huh. which we ditched quickly. And then I bought you that nice book of hikes in Orange County. Epic Christmas. <laughs> And not that there's anything wrong with hiking, hiking gear, anything like that. We just hadn't really discussed it. And so I was a little shocked that everything that I got. Oh, I think I also got a couple of water bottles because you were like splurged. <laughs> I think you splurged that year. There are some expectations I had. There were expectations that Elisa didn't have. And uh, it made for an interesting Christmas that year. All this to say is that no matter where you're at, even for us now, we look at what are we spending? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? And as Elisa said there at the end, from our, our gift giving to experiences, we've had to also look at that because an experience means we're typically flying somewhere. We're typically staying somewhere. Um, and what does that look like? Do we give each other gifts while we're away? Do we not? Is there an expectation of that for, for our kiddos, for each other? And where are the where are those funds coming from? Because mm-hmm. if we're doing that and we want to do that, then how are we putting that down so we're strengthening our financial intimacy pillar instead of 
adding cracks to it or putting a crack into our financial intimacy pillar. Absolutely. And you know, it is interesting because we do have one child in particular that is very much about receiving gifts. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big thing over the years because we've had to even just talk through what that looks like since that's so different from how Tony and I are. Tony and I are all about experiences. When you have a child that loves to receive gifts, you got to navigate these things as a couple and what that looks like for your budget. And, you know, we started asking questions last week in, uh, or on Instagram, Instagram polls, and where we ask a lot of questions. So if you ever want to participate in some of the one family research, that's where we do it. They're at One Extraordinary Marriage. But we were asking the question, you know, who typically does the majority of Christmas shopping? Let's just start there. 78% of you said that she does. 19% say we share it. And 3% say he does it. Mm. Okay. So that's what that looks like. Now, going from who's shopping to how do you determine what you spent? Um, some say we have a budget meeting. Okay. There, was a, there were quite a few. We don't. And sometimes we get carried away. We have a holiday savings account. Yeah. We budget from the start of the year. Perfect. He trusts me. Love it. We struggle when those we're giving to make way less than us, and we don't want anyone to feel bad. So we have to really talk about that as far as how much we're going to spend because um, mm. what I understood from this one is they yeah. may be in a different so socioeconomic bracket, make more money than the people that they're giving to, and actually have to think through what are we giving mm -hmm. and what does that look like. Yeah, okay. Um, we base it on what we have saved and then distribute it between the people on our lists. That's great. So some great plans there. Mm -hmm. um, just sharing this because, you know, here's the thing at, at One Extraordinary Marriage. We want you to know what other married couples are doing. This isn't just about what Tony and Elisa do. It's about going, hey, wait, how can I like start thinking through that strategy and what does it look like for our marriage? Which is why I loved the last question that we asked is what happens when one or both of you overspend? Because mm -hmm. we've had this dynamic in our marriage. Generally, it's me. Um, just I tend to even I am the overspender when it comes to the small things yes yes so the, here's what some of you had to say we save and fix the problem next year okay or it's stressful and we end up working overtime to pay the bills mm -hmm. we simply try not to overspend we bring it up for accountability there's a little bit of that emotional intimacy yeah. coming in with the financial intimacy we end up with the silent treatment in our mm. home we have to take the extra spending out of our personal fun money. So mm. there's an adjustment to their cash flow plan or budget mm -hmm. or whatever they choose to call that. And, you know, you can hear those different things and you're starting to go, okay, well, some of you even just hearing those different responses are like, oh yeah, this is who, you know, spends the major or is majorly, majorly responsible for Christmas shopping in our marriage. And so you start thinking through that and then you're like, okay, well, what's our plan this year? Mm -hmm. Like Christmas is coming in a few weeks, you guys, whether you want it to or not, like it's going to show up on the calendar on December 25th. Uh, surprise. Um, but also thinking through how do we navigate this when there's a potential that we could overspend? What do those conversations look like? And, you know, it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be your spending at Christmas doesn't have to be something that pulls the two of you apart. You can actually make it. There's that line that says, uh, you know, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. You can actually live that in your marriage, specifically around financial intimacy. And we're going to talk about how the two of you can do that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. 
OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back and we're talking about creating a plan for spending money at Christmas. Now, first, I just want to say we actually have a holiday planner (laughs) crafted for the one family. And the reason that we did this is because, look, sometimes it's much easier when the two of you are having a conversation to be able to drop some, some things down on paper and be able to say, okay, what does this look like for us? Because you can have a conversation and then I'm just going to say, maybe I've seen this once or twice in a coaching session. Husband and wife have a conversation, full agreement. They walk away from the table. Some kid screams at them. Somebody drops, you know, something in the sink, loud noise. You totally forget what it was that the two of you had just agreed on. And it's not because you're trying to be uh, disrespectful. It's not because you're trying to create chaos. You just simply forgot. Mm -hmm. And that's why you can pick up the free holiday spending planner at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash holiday. Go get it. You may have already started your shopping. We, we, Elisa read that thing from uh, bankrate.com. You know, most of the shopping has already started, but it doesn't mean that you can't make an adjustment now. Mm -hmm. You can jump in there and go, hey, you know what? We have XYZ that we want to spend and we've already spent this much Mm -hmm. or we haven't really, we really don't know what that top number is. All I know is that I've already spent this much. And so that may just get you guys on that page right now as we step into this end of the year time frame where it's like, hey, maybe we don't need to overspend and have to deal with it next year. Mm -hmm. Let's get on the same page now and let's strengthen that financial intimacy because I will tell you, if we strengthen this financial intimacy pillar, it impacts our emotional intimacy pillar and it really impacts our sexual intimacy pillar. Having been there, done that, talked to many husbands and wives as well, when finances go astray and array and this way and that way, it can really impact the way that we are able to communicate with one another. And it does impact our sexual intimacy and just wanting to be there because of the stress is so high at times. We're just not able to fully get engaged with our spouse there. Hmm. And so paying attention during this time of year around our spending for Christmas, pick up that planner. Let it just be that guide for you and engage one another in your emotional intimacy and your financial intimacy. I'll also have a link here in the episode notes for you so you can grab it. Absolutely. Because, you know, it starts with 
you know, who are we going to shop for? There have been years in our marriage where when Tony's family, when, when we were newer, younger marrieds and, and the entire family was getting together, we were thinking about gifts for literally everyone. You know, so you've got cousins, you've got cousins, kids, you've got aunts and uncles, you've got, you know, mom and dad, you've got each other. And, you know, we finally got to a point where we're like, uh, can, can we do like the Elfster Christmas exchange thing? Can we just do couples or like you're picking for one person, you're not shopping for, you know, 15 people, that kind of thing. Because we started to see that our budget was ballooning because we were shopping for everyone. It's so funny you bring up Elfster. Why is that? Because I hadn't heard that in so long. Oh, my goodness. And this is such a great idea, too. I'm going to put a link to this just because you mentioned it. Um, and for those of you who are like, what? What are they just talking about? So basically what you would do is you would invite the group that will be exchanging gifts. Mm -hmm. So it could be a friend group, a family group, coworker group, whatever that would be. You would draw names and then you exchange gifts. And we did this when my dad was still alive, my aunt and uncle were still alive, there were more of us here. And it really worked out much better because instead of us spending, say, $10, 15 $20 per item on each person, we were able to go, hey, you buy one gift for that one individual and it could be $50 or $60. I don't remember what it was. Maybe you remember better. But... It was so much more fun too because I really felt like for us, the gifts were just, they were better quality, number one. And it was stuff like you really wanted. Sometimes when you get into this $10, $15, I'm like, why did you buy this for me? And mm -hmm. for some of you, that may be the same thing. But Elfster really made that a fun time in in our gift giving or mm -hmm. for our family. So I'll put that, I'll put that link here for you guys if you want to check it out. Yeah. I mean, even this year, Tony and I, we were, we were in the shower the other day and we started having a conversation. We're like, okay, you know, like as far as our parents, what are we doing for Christmas and what does that look like? And, and so thinking through who are we shopping for? The other th consideration, major consideration is what is our budget? How much money are we going to spend on the people that we want to spend money on or buy gifts for? And, and you know, making, an intentional money meeting to discuss what's possible really can start the two of you off on such a better foot and really get into that place of reducing or eliminating a lot of the conflict mm. around spending money at Christmas. Because if the two of you are like, hey, this is how much money we have. That's just a fact. It's not a feeling. Whatever the number is, that, that's just, that's a factual thing. And then the two of you can get creative. You can, you know, do things like Elster. You can do a lot of different things when you know what the number is. If you're just playing loosey-goosey, you're going to be like some of those comments we received that were like, well, we overspend and then we have to work overtime or we overspend and then we have to, you know, clean up the mess. Well, next I mean, year. silent treatment right there alone is, man, I don't, I don't want to live in that personally because we overspent on Christmas. I mean, I love and enjoy that time of year and this time of year, I should say. And yet to, to be walking on eggshells or dealing with silent treatment because we overspent, is that necessary? Do we have to, can mm -hmm. we, can we work together so we don't do that? Right. You know, in, in different years, maybe bring different seasons and different spending because of what's happened. You, you may get a raise one year, and it's great. You can take those funds. And in other years, you may get demoted. You may be laid off. Mm -hmm. Things happen. 
You know, when we lost everything, those Christmases in 08, 09, 10, I mean, they were slim pickings. It's different than where we are today, where we can go on experiences. But we've gone through some difficult times too, and Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. You will rebound. You will be able to have the Christmas that you expected. It doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to be this way. But don't put yourself in the hole for Christmas to try to fill a hole in your heart or in your soul or in your spirit. Because sometimes we think by just spending, we're going to feel better. And really we step into more pain and more frustration. Mm -hmm. You know, and keep in mind that coming into agreement, Mm -hmm. choosing what the two of you are going to spend and who you're going to spend it on or shop for or buy for, or however you want to phrase that, this is a trust exercise. Mm-hmm. This is Christmas is actually a huge financial intimacy trust exercise for a couple mm. because choosing to to create an agreement and stay accountable that is that's an opportunity to really build trust. When you choose to overspend, when you choose not to share how much you're spending, when you choose to you know only bring in three of the gifts that are in the trunk and leave four, you know like buried under a blanket in the back to bring in later. Those are all ways to break trust. And the end of the year has enough stress as it is. Y'all don't need to be going around breaking trust mm-hmm. around your finances. And, and, and I speak from a place of, I did this, you guys. I did this to the tune years and years ago of, I want to say it was like $700, seven $800 over spending that one year. And that's in that time frame when we shouldn't have been spending that money too. So the dollar amount can be like, oh, that's no big deal. But when you don't have anything or you don't have much, that is a very, very big deal. It was a bad January, you guys. Yeah, it was. It was a really bad January. And I don't want, having lived through that with Tony and, and you know, been in this place of having to admit that, I don't want you guys to deal with that. I want you to to encourage you to stay in agreement and stay accountable and make it a, a priority to maintain your financial intimacy throughout this season so that finally you can enjoy the season. That's right. Right? Because what I see time and time again with my coaching clients is that when you have a plan, in this case, around your financial intimacy. When you have a plan and you're executing that plan, you're following the action steps, you're following, you're staying in agreement, you actually reduce the amount of stress. And I'm just going to say we could all use less stress in our lives during the month of December. And less stress most often leads to less conflict. Also a good thing to have less of in the month of December, which means that you actually get to enjoy the season more and you get to enjoy your spouse more. Two things we need more of in the month of December. But it's a choice. It's an absolute choice for the two of you. Yeah. And hey, this is your week. Mm-hmm. This is your week. You have the choice to determine what are you going to spend this Christmas and how you're going to strengthen your financial intimacy pillar or add cracks to it. Those are the choices that we each get to make every single year around this time of year. And so I would highly suggest that you get that free holiday spending planner, grab it, go through it together, take half an hour, come up with that plan, stay accountable to one another, enjoy the season without having to go over on your budget and then regretting it afterwards. Because we want to see you guys step into this next year stronger and better than ever. 
So go out there this week, have yourselves a fantastic one, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.